0: Oh, right, the spoilers. Those spoilers? Welcome to this bonus episode of the Rumble Pack podcast, and we want to talk about a few special Marvel events that recently happened,
1: don't we, Will? Yeah, we do. Yeah, we do. Love a
0: little bonus. Mm. Well, we recently watched through all of the Loki TV series, which we've been waiting for for, I don't know, 18 months probably since it was announced initially. Can't remember, but yeah. we've been- Yeah, probably around that. Yeah. And it was one of those early uh, random TV shows that were announced for Disney that we sort of- as we always do, we go. Oh, what are they doing that for? That's going to suck. And then, obviously, the closer it gets to release, we start realizing. Oh no, wait, Marvel, <laughs> Marvel, uh, just don't really stuff anything up, even though we rinse and repeat,
1: do that every time. But why do we constantly doubt doubt them? Like, what, what is wrong with us? Actually, we, I wouldn't even say we doubt them that much. I think no. it's always, you know, will they actually, uh, will they find find that magic once again? Mm. You always have that question in the back of your mind. And uh yeah, they do. So yeah,
0: and I think. And here we are. And here we are. At the, finally, the more than eighteen months later. It's funny, actually, isn't it? When we we're waiting for these shows or movies to come for so long, and then once they come, it's they you know like it's a six six episode series, one uh, one episode a week, and then suddenly we're three months past it, and we're you know it's like how, how the hell does that pa- time go so quick
1: once it's come <laughs> out? It's ridiculous. Yeah. Definitely, it feels like a few yeah. a few
0: weeks ago since we finished watching this. But
1: uh, yeah, I was going to say, when did it even finish? It feels like it finished like three months ago, I or know. was it just a couple of weeks ago? I don't know. <laughs> Probably a
0: couple of weeks, but yeah. Uh, so we're also, yeah, right. but we're also going to talk about Black Widow, which we saw at the, the cinema a couple of weeks. Yeah, ago. which
1: we saw, we saw it at the movies together. Mm, we did. How good's that? Yeah, it was. We got it in just before we went back into the lockdown. Yeah, we squeezed it in we squeezed in on a dark and gloomy night
0: out in the suburbs. It, it was. Remember how cloudy that was? It was.
1: was. Yeah, Fom- and we got home and there was f- complete fog uh, like Silent Hill. And uh, we stood out in my backyard and it was just dead still. There was not a single sound oh. in the distance and it was just a fog layer. It was actually scary. It was weird. Yeah, it was, there was actually- yeah. uh,
0: Because on a clear night, you can see the city from yours of Melbourne and you can also yeah. obviously hear a lot of cars going around anywhere. Even streetlights in the distance, and yep. there was nothing. It was so weird.
1: No, yeah, bizarre. Yeah, uh, <laughs>
0: yeah. so we'll start with Loki, uh, which mm. obviously features the amazing Tom Hiddleston reprising his yeah. uh, his much loved role. Uh, yep. So we'll, he does a great job. He does do a great job. So as always, yeah. Well, starting from the off the top, uh, what are your thoughts?
1: Well. I Look, I enjoyed the show. Like, I definitely enjoyed the content content that it brought, but I, I think as I watched it, I just slowly faded away with my, my interest. Mm. I don't know why. And it seems to be not the- I seem to be in the very uh, small minority of people that didn't think it was the best of the Disney Plus shows. Mm. I've talked to so many people, everyone thinks, oh, that's the best one. And I just don't- <laughs> I don't know. I just don't think that. But the first few episodes, anyway, I thought were fantastic. Mm. Um the the relationship, the first couple of episodes between Loki and Mo- Mobius, their sort of back and forth, buddy cop kind of um, uh, relationship was just really intriguing and I really almost wanted the show to just follow that uh, storyline for the whole show. Like I was like, oh, yeah, mm. Loki's just going to be part of the TVA. He's going to go be like this time cop with Mobius and that's going to be so fun. TVA being? Uh, the Time Variance Authority, is that correct? Yeah, yeah is, I believe, is, Yeah. yeah. So obviously that's not what we got, mm. but I did hope that was what we're getting. Uh, and yes, before, and you know, before Sylvia was brought in, who is uh, a variant of Loki, who is a woman, uh, I really thought that it was going to be some sort of like dark Sith Lord variant of Loki that was going to be played by Hiddleston himself, because the very, the end of the very first episode, we see this ver- Loki variant in the distance in this like farm field. With lots of fire around him, and he's oh her, and he's got uh, like this sort of hood on. You can't see see her face, mm. and it was this like really awesome scene. I was like, oh wow, what is that? Uh, it ended up being Sylvie, which again, not an issue, not a problem because she played the character well. But I guess the first few episodes really pumped me up for things that I expected that it didn't get. Mm. If that makes sense.
0: Yeah. So, well, just and just for context, because and obviously this is going to contain spoilers as always. But the uh, <laughs> yeah. the story sort of follows Loki because we say I think it's in Avengers Endgame when we when uh, Tony and is it Scott? I think they go back to try to get the, yeah. the tesseract from from when the Avengers were in New York in the original Avengers movie. Yeah. Uh, so it's basically when Loki gets that tesseract and disappears through his little warp hole that we see in the movie. We follow him from that basically, and it's sort of like him being caught up in this uh, this uh, yeah this time variant authority who come to find him because he's threatening to break open a new timeline sort of yeah. because he's escaped his fate sort of thing uh, and then it basically yeah. follows him as he's hired by the time uh, the TVA as they're called to track to find a other variant or version of Loki from a different reality again and this yeah. is where we end up meeting uh, Sylvie who's a basically a, f- a female version of Loki Uh and yeah, this is all through about six episodes. Um, hmm.
1: Can I just say that when the show ended, uh, I, I don't want to jump, I know I'm jumping forward a little bit, but when I thought back on the show and how Loki's uh, sort of, I guess, if, if it's called his Nexus event, when he picked up a Tesseract in that moment and left through the sort of warp portal.
0: Nexus being the split, sort of the splitting point of timeline, isn't it? Yeah. What causes the
1: split, yeah. Like, why, you know, why can the Avengers time travel back in time to change reality but Loki picking up the Tesseract and leaving breaks it? This is a burning question, Will. Yeah, it's an early burning question (laughs) and I I just- About a week after the show ended, that popped into my mind. I was like, well, what's the difference? like- I don't I don't understand. I probably shouldn't have been an arcsac because we'd, we'd have to have spent a whole hour trying to figure it out, but yeah. <laughs> well,
0: I, I thought about it pretty quick. as pretty much when it happened. And uh, remember in the movie, they do it without anyone actually seeing them or without them actually changing anything in that sort of storyline. And then at the end, mm. remember, they go back again. Like in, this is an Avengers cat goes back to return things to where they were. Yeah. That's sort of where it's meant to be correct.
1: But, but, you know, the Avengers time-travelling, is that part of what was supposed to happen on the timeline then? Does that make sense? Technically, Because everything's probably, planned.
0: But when they go back, they actually... They, when they return the items, they, they're correcting the, the potential alterations that they caused, may have caused. Yeah. It's, they, they cover yeah. themselves. It's obviously a bit uh, dark and stormy there, but yeah. <laughs>
1: it's super confusing. Yeah. Super confusing. That's why don't you
0: don't, get, you don't um, get too caught up in time-travel. I'd never
1: Well, the yeah, <laughs> the I thought early early on in the show the TVA was so mysterious, uh, like as the and as the show went on, I feel like they sort of lost their aura a little bit. Of of course, more secrets were were revealed, so that makes sense. But I don't know. There was just this real mysterious nature to the TVA early that really hooked me in, and I think that was uh, sort of. Helped by the relationship with Loki and Mobius, uh, played by Owen Wilson. Played by Owen Wilson, and uh, yeah, I don't know. As the show went on, I just, I just lost interest in the, the TVA, and I, I lost interest in a few of the show's relationships. But uh, you know, we'll, we'll get into the characters in in a little bit. But yeah, what what were your initial thoughts of the show? I yeah, I'm I'm
0: pretty much of the exact same timeline of interest as you are. Uh, where it's sort of the first three were really strong. Uh, and then the well, it was almost episodes sort of three to five, which is still good, but they just sort of... Things just happened and it wasn't anything huge. Yep. Especially if yeah. Especially you, if you've got a six-episode series, uh, you expect something to happen, like, always. Like, it's got to be pretty compact. Yep. If you'll, although, I guess, if you look at it as a long movie, maybe not so much. There can be a bit of downtime. But uh, if we compare it to uh, the... WandaVision, Vision, which was not, uh, the show, which was nine episodes, uh, mm-hmm. maybe a little bit more so than the Falcon and Winter Soldier. Uh, the nine episodes are actually hectic the whole time, which is why it was so. good. Yeah, cool. they were. Yeah. Except for maybe the start where it sort of meandered a little bit, but that was a setup, which is fine. If it keeps building, I think that's more acceptable. Um, yeah,
1: but the mystery was there in the beginning, so it was hmm. intriguing. Yeah, definitely.
0: Um. So yeah. with the with the Loki series, I. It's, it was really cool at the start because you're you, you seeing the Avengers and where it all, how it all interacted with the mm. Avengers movies, and that was really exciting. Uh, and then we sort of, yeah, you got taken by this TVA, and they almost just look like a, a security firm in how they dress, just sort of black padded, padded clothing, <laughs> and they're all humans. Yeah. Uh, and then you sort of, I think uh, they they make it look like almost like a '60s or '70s. Uh, cinema when they're lining up to get into the place and that's sort of really cool. I like the, um, I think when series or movies get these sort of futuristic, you know, even time bending uh, organizations or people in movies, I I, I like when they sort of, uh, it's everything of Harry Potter with wizards or uh, another example, I can't remember now, Uh, but when they have them Almost their technology looking more basic, even yep. like from the sixties or seventies, when they're really they're like thousands of years ahead of us. Yeah, but they actually yeah. use equipment that's pretty old still, like manual entries and things like that. I really like that <laughs> sort of thing. It sort of helps you yeah, fathom that it is it cool. a bit better. So it's not like yeah. a big, um, a big info dump. Uh, I think. So I think that was cool, if not totally mysterious, because like I said, they're humans. So, I think that's, that was sort of made them a bit too relatable. I would have liked them to be a bit more mysterious except for Owen Wilson, who's the least mysterious actor on the planet. <laughs> you know, we know exactly <laughs> what
1: we're getting. Um, but... I mean, yeah. I, find it, I found it kind of confusing that the whole everyone in the TVA was a human. I would hmm. have expected different life forms to be involved. Mm, definitely like they like they only ever spoke about the sacred timeline that related to Earth. Mm. they never spoke about any any other planets or or any other events mm. really yeah, I, I think even in the uh in all of the sort of nexus events uh Loki and Mobius traveled to to find Sylvie like all the sort of doomsday scenarios, which might I add is a very cool uh idea. I think that was probably the most coolest idea in the show mm. the fact that Sylvie would hide out in timelines that would. Uh, end up in destruction because that would be the last place they would look. Because mm. you know how? Yeah, why would they check it? Because it's gonna it's gonna end anyway. It, yeah. it just has an endpoint. So her presence
0: her presence can't actually affect that timeline purely because yeah. that timeline or that planet that she might be on at that point is about to explode. For example, so if she goes yeah. there, if she goes there from the future, say so if she, for example, they go to Pompeii. You know, they go there to test this theory out, uh, Loki and Mobius. And they go there, mm. and Loki's obviously looks modern to us, but futuristic to these people of Pompeii, a thousand or more yep. years ago. And he's sort of, uh, you know, yelling at them. But because, yeah, because the they're, they're volcano's about to erupt, these people aren't going to be able to then pass on this information to someone from the future. <laughs> so technically, mm. that's a void in the in their time monitoring.
1: Yeah. Much, yeah. It's really smart. Mm, it is really cool. <laughs> uh, I think what you said before the uh, about the first episode, you know, having the Avengers in there felt like a big deal. I thought the most powerful scene of the whole show happened in the first episode where Loki sat down in Mobius' office and watched his future mm. and he saw... He saw that he murdered his mother um, and that he sort of
0: repaired his- Caused the murder, I think, sort of,
1: yeah. Oh, sorry, yeah, caused the murder. Uh, He sort of, you know, saw his relationship with Thor be repaired a bit uh, Mm. and with Odin as well. And then he saw himself be murdered by Thanos. It was just a really powerful scene. Mm. And and the fact that he could see the future through this uh, TVA really made the TVA feel quite powerful as well. Mm. I think. And, yeah, I don't think any scene really hit hard since that for the rest of the series, even the final episode, which people probably would disagree. But- uh, And the reason nothing ever hit as hard is because, well, in my opinion, this show just had so much damn exposition. Mm, It did. Oh, my God. Like, there's just so many scenes where they just- they would just not stop talking. Like two characters would just not shut up to each other. Mm. And it was like they were actually talking, like like they were giving them lines for the sake of just talking rather than the content being uh, applied to anything. Yeah, I get you. Yeah. You know, mm. it just it just went on and on. Uh, any any interaction between Loki and Sylvie, just, oh, my God, it just went for so long. Mm. Especially that scene where they had their Nexus event that pulled them back to the TVA or whatever happened. Mm-hmm. They just looked at each other and talked for that. It must have gone for over ten minutes. I reckon. Yeah, uh, uh, yeah. Uh, well, I think it's
0: yeah. well, on that, I think it's worth uh, as we mentioned earlier. Like Tom Hiddleston owns the screen in this. Like he's awesome in every part. He's certainly mm. he's certainly by no means a weakness in the show. He's easily the best. No, easily no. the best part of it. He's as charismatic yeah. uh, charismatic as ever. Uh, but I think speaking of Sylvie, um, with her being this. Uh, alternate Loki that uh, Owen Wilson's character Mobius hires Loki to help him find throughout the timelines. Yep. Because she keeps going th- around and picking off members of the TVA and they're wondering, you know, what her motive is and all this sort of stuff. Uh, mm. And for the first couple of episodes, we'll keep seeing, like you said, in this burning cornfield or whatever it was, we see the shadow, this person standing there with a the hood, just uh, disappear out of the, this time. Uh, time period while the TVA are closing in and then triggering off these bombs that basically reverse the timeline, the effects they've had on that timeline. So these yeah. These weird sort of grenade things. And, and then, so that, that goes for a couple of episodes. And then I think it's in the third one where we actually, uh, second or third, where we see her face for the first time.
1: And it's just uh, the second end of the second uh, episode. It was in like a supermarket in a in a timeline at the end, in, yeah, in Alabama somewhere where they're yeah. where
0: they're about to everyone. There is it's at a nexus event, so there's this massive storm that's about to wipe the. Place yeah, I think out. it's
1: like a, a bloody tornado or something yeah. coming through or something like that. Yeah, mm.
0: and yeah, then we see her face, and it's cool, and yeah, it's sort of we sort of learn generally what the motives are. To an extent, and what her powers are, which are mind manipulation, mm-hmm. uh, but it just—it just sort of killed the mystery too early by revealing her yeah, identity. It did, and her name being mm. Sylvie, uh, like she's an Asgardian still from an alternate reality. Yep, Who's gonna be—I don't know, Sylvie. It just seems like a, a boring name for in this in this context.
1: Yeah, it is definitely. I agree. And, yeah, I agree that the mystery sort of was tarnished at that moment. Mm. It was kind of a bummer, actually. And, it, yeah, that's it's not because that it, she's not the same as Hiddleston, like the same character. Like it's not because she's a woman or, or anything like that. I think it was just, just the way that they presented her in that moment. Only one episode mm. later than presenting her for the first time in that sort of shroud of mystery in that cornfield where it was like, oh, my God, this is the- most evil loki you could ever think of yeah. like look at him or her you know mm. uh it just yeah it was it flat it flattened the the whole story from that moment in my opinion yeah and and uh basically kicked off a <laughs>
0: a bit of a love a bit of a love story <laughs> between loki and himself as yeah. a woman well
1: this <laughs> uh well the next look then the next episode of the show the episode 3 was by far the weakest Mm -hmm. where Loki and Sylvie are uh, travelling on some sort of planet. I I don't remember the exact details, but, you know, they're on a train for a lot of it and stuff like that. It's about to be be hit by an asteroid. Yeah, okay. And yeah, man, just- It just wasn't engaging hearing him talk and bicker and I don't know. That's just- It Mm. just fell away for me so much.
0: Well, I think that's why that's why it fell away the most is because they made them. They made Sylvie not not banterous. They made it like Loki was trying to be banterous with her, but she was sort of coming around to it, and she was never threatening or anything. She was just sort of like the the, snot, nah. the snotty version of Loki who just wanted to, you know, serve her own agenda. But she was never never violent enough to sell that sort of vicious villain, yeah, sort of character. It just sort of, uh, yeah, it was almost. She was just the least cool version of Loki when she should have been a, a cooler version almost.
1: She should have been the most cool version mm. ever. Mm. Yeah. It's uh, it's almost nice that uh, she kind of made the wrong decision in the ending of the show because mm. it gives us a reason to be more frustrated with her rather than just being like, oh, she wasn't what you wanted. <laughs> well, But now she actually made the wrong decision and it's going to change everything. So, it's like, oh, now I have a reason to- Actually not like you. Well, she started as a
0: heel, turned babyface, and then returned to heel at the end. Oh yeah. And the crowd. Classic boo.
1: That was a classic big show move. That could have happened in one episode of Raw. <laughs>
0: <laughs> big show. Oh six. Never forget. <laughs> haven't mentioned that in about ten episodes.
1: No. I was talking to I was talking to Dom about that at work the other day. <laughs> and I was going way too hard on He's uh, roundness, I will say. <laughs> <laughs> um, some of the ca- we, let's just mention a couple of the characters before we move on to Black Widow. So, just overall thoughts on each character. So Loki himself, I think, yeah, great character as always. There's no no doubting that. I think it was fun. It was fun to see the sort of old, more evil version of Loki again, or at least for a little bit in the first episode. Uh, You know, because his redemption arc was handled extremely swiftly Mm. in this uh, environment, whereas it took, you know, almost a decade in the movies. Yeah, you're right. But he he got turned around like a drop of a hat. I think that's because he saw his future, though. But, you know, it doesn't matter Mm. because he played a great character. Mm. Uh, And I will say he actually looked like really damn cool in his TVA clothes. Like he looked badass. In the the shirt and tie. Yeah, well, it almost matched
0: the pale green gray of his skin. Yeah, <laughs> whatever color I thought it Color he, looked- he is—it's really uh, creepy. The more I look at Loki. <laughs>
1: yeah, I thought he looked really cool. I don't know. It's uh, when his hair is like, because you know, in the in the original films, in uh, Avengers and the original Thor, and that he's kind of got that his hair's quite slicked back. Mm. He, it makes his head look quite narrow. But in the sort of later films, uh, Ragnarok and that, and then now in this, his hair long. Kind of wavy, a bit bushy, mm. um, and I don't know. There's something about that look that's just—it just suits him perfectly. Just does it for you. Uh, it does. He's he's, he's a good-looking man, Hiddleston. and I'll say that.
0: Oh yeah, uh, I've, I've known uh, I've known uh, many women in my life love him.
1: Yeah, mm. for sure. Mm. I'm not surprised. <laughs> I will say about Loki. He's. Uh, I, I read this on the. Uh, On Reddit yesterday, actually, and it sort of opened my eyes to something. He's- At the very end of the show, uh, when he returns to the TVA after meeting uh, Kang, he's sort of in this crazed state trying to find Mobius, and he's, like, really afraid. And one thing this comment said was that we've never seen that before. Like, whenever Loki's gone up against a big bad in a film- like, even standing up to Thanos, he's never shown any sort of weakness, mm. really. Mm. And and he's coming back from seeing, uh, meeting this Kang guy and he's abso- he's absolutely crazed. That's how afraid he is. I think that should uh, really bolster the um, sort of mysterious evil energy of Kang going forward. Like, that Loki was this afraid of someone.
0: Yeah. And Kang being a villain uh, historically in the comics, someone who has about- There's about 10 versions of him. And this mm. and this Loki series it's worth mention mentioning is the catalyst for the multiverse storyline or phase yeah. that's coming up sort of kicks it off. Yep. And we don't we probably don't need to go into how and why because it's it's very much it's still very much worth watching the show of course. Uh so yeah, we definitely. Can, so we can spare some spoiler uh, spoilers in that area uh because it's it'd be too hard for us to explain we'd definitely not do it as well as the Marvel writers can. <laughs> uh, but this uh this Kang villain, he he will be a great threat, and I uh, and honestly, I hope that they use him to a on a large scale in the movies too, because I think it's really cool that we have potentially just seen a the next great villain introduced in a TV series, rather than yeah coming through the it's movies. It's very cool. Yeah, like I, yeah. I want to see because even in Guardians, they referred to uh, like in the first movie when they. Uh, I think the planet of nowhere, the the mining planet, it's actually in the head of a as a celestial, I think. Uh, and we we, yep. we just get all these sort of massive superpowers from outer space. Uh, the, you know, alluded to even Galactus, he was in Fa- Fantastic Four, but I think he's reverted back to Marvel now. Um, and yep. Dormammu in in Doctor Strange, all these huge powers uh, that are always referred to and are really mysterious, but more powerful than thanos basically and i hope we mm. i hope if we don't see all of them hope we get a few of them in really big impact uh higher appear- like lot of appearances sort of roles yeah
1: i think we will mm. i actually think we will with the tv shows and the films sort of going alongside each other now i think the the best chance for that ever happening is here
0: well, and the show is having the same production value as the movies.
1: Yeah, that's something to note as well. It's so awesome the production value of the the shows, how they're doing it. That's identical it to the
0: movies. There's nothing. There's nothing that you look at and go, "Oh, that looks worse than it would in the movies." But it's like it, it's, it's a- crazy.
1: It's so awesome to sit at home and chuck on uh, the new next episode of one of these shows and hear that Marvel theme and oh. almost feel like you're experiencing the next MCU film mm. in your living room. Oh. It's like so good in little teeny sized bites. Yeah, I will. I will quickly say though, I did write this as my final note. Uh, I can I just say we just talked about the production. I don't know if it was just me, and I'm probably nitpicking hard, but the 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 green screen work in Loki just seemed really bad to me. <laughs> I, just I don't said know it was if so good. something. <laughs> no, uh, uh, the oh, it just looked. It was just. It's like they were too. Uh, I, I... Look, I'm not even going to try to explain it because I'm not an expert on the subject. But it just you could really tell when it was in front of a green screen and when it wasn't. Mm. I don't know. There was just some really funky looking scenes, particularly. Uh, during episode five, I think it was Loki and uh some of the other Loki variants and like the alligator Loki walking across a, a few of the hills, and it just didn't, it just didn't look natural <laughs> at all to me. Uh, Whoa. and I think because the show was already sort of dwindling my interest, and then I was like looking at that, and it kind of looked a bit funky, and I was like, ah, oh, just like just nothing was clicking <laughs> in yeah. those last last few episodes. But that's a very small nitpick. Uh, because I still, uh, I still definitely enjoyed the show, Don't don't get me wrong. Well, you have
0: to remember they couldn't actually get to any of these planets to film because of COVID.
1: Well, yeah, actually, you're right. I should give him the benefit of the doubt. Mm. Uh, what's what do you think of what do you think of Mobius? Uh, I loved
0: Mobius. I reckon he was mm. uh, Owen Wilson. Someone I've never really been that into as a movie character because he's always the same. Yeah, saying wow like all the time. That's about all you get. <laughs> uh, and honestly, he's not much different in this. But for some reason, it just worked, uh, clicked so well with the uh, the cold calculation of Loki. And, all, and hmm. Mobius is essentially—he's a—he's almost like a dad, really, in this. Yeah, uh, he's just—you uh, know—he knows when to not take any crap from Loki. He—he he calls his bluffs a lot, you know, without thinking it. And he actually—I haven't thought of it that way before—but he actually is like his dad in this. Yeah. He's he's pretty much teaching yeah. him how to be uh, morally correct and how to consider others. Uh, you know, he challenges him many times on why don't you just tell the truth? Why you, you know? Why do you pretend you're you're perfect or you're not driven by something that's actually you know sentimental in your heart? Like mm. it, it, it's actually he's a great catalyst for Loki's development in this. Probably probably the catalyst, uh, but the only. The only thing in this, uh, I suppose, weakness of him, and it's not his character; it's just how he's written into it, is that they, yeah, they take him out of it from about what episode four, I think, for a couple of episodes, and he comes back, uh, but he, it just never quite. Uh, they they took him away from us right when we he was the best, probably the best part of the show, besides yeah. Loki, the two, the the best sidekick I could have hoped for, Loki, sort of thing.
1: Yeah, he is. I think uh he is like a dad to Loki. It's it's actually really nice to have a character come in that is just just uh trusts Loki from the beginning. He's just very trusting of him, mm. and you can see how much that means to Loki by how excited Loki is to help mm. and do the right thing all of a sudden. It's like he's actually got this person in his life that's really backing him in. Mm. And he's probably never had that before, mm. so you can see it, and he's he's very happy about it. It's just it's it's actually really nice to see that, yeah, because we know Loki's not a bad person at heart already. Mm. And
0: and Mobius yeah. is the one that because uh, he basically apprehends Loki for breaking away from the timeline, and then decides, oh wait, he can actually we can actually use him to help us find this other Loki who's causing trouble. Mm. So he, he becomes as much as of his, his captor and you know basically a detective, a timeline detective, more or less. Uh, and basically becomes his almost like a almost like a social worker or a case manager. Yeah, you know he's trying to the I suppose his uh Mobius's superiors are trying to get him to stop working with Loki because he can't be trusted. And Mobius is like given you know a couple of chances to make it work and to prove that Loki is uh, worth his worth his while in trying to help him solve this crime, this timeline yeah. crime, and all that. It's really it's really cool. I think that was the best,
1: yeah, the funnest part of the show. It definitely was, mm. by, by far. Yeah. Uh, there's Renova Renslayer, who's like Mobius's boss. Yes, that's right. Yeah. Uh, and I, I didn't write much about her. She's just kind of like that classic bitch <laughs> in the show. Is that fair to say? Yeah.
0: I thought we could have just <laughs> ended the episode on that. <laughs> that classic bitch. Uh <laughs> I I'm,
1: I'm, I am intrigued to see where she uh lands next season because she she uh took a sort of TVA portal out of the TVA mm. to try and find uh you know whoever's in control kind of thing so I'm excited to where, see where she lands. It's not like she's a bad character or anything she's just yeah she plays that really annoying uh boss mm. well yeah she does
0: she plays him pretty yeah. she plays her pretty well and we got a lot of secrets that she's trying to keep from Mobius and Trying to play our mm. cards pretty close to her chest. Uh, yeah. Um. And, and just just quickly, I don't think we should we need to go into it necessarily, but there is a uh. It sort of becomes the primary, um. I guess objective of the characters is to try to find these uh timekeepers who are meant to yep. be writing time and for whom the TVA work for. They're basically trying to keep all the all the timelines into one. The true timeline. I can't remember what it's called, but uh, the sacred timeline. The sacred timeline. We're trying to keep that all together uh, for the timekeepers, who nobody's ever seen, but we can just imagine them being these yeah, real celestial, powerful beings. Mm. So that that's where that's why it's uh, that's a really cool mystery in in the story too.
1: Yeah, it is a cool mystery that sort of goes nowhere, but yeah, oh, well, we get results in the villain. We spoke about before. Oh no, no, no! It does, but the the timekeepers end up being androids.
0: Yeah, yeah. The physical representation of them is is <laughs> totally a bogus.
1: Yeah, <laughs> that was one of the. That was yeah. I don't know. I I, I was really excited in that in that scene, and then and ended up just being like robotic. I was like, oh, <laughs> I, I hate cop-outs like that. Yeah, I, it let me down. Mm. Anyway, uh, yeah, he who remains. Uh, who's he's not actually referred to as Kang in the show, so he's just referred to as He Who Remains, as far as I remember. I don't think he says his name, does he, or does he?
0: He says Kodos.
1: Kodos. Mm.
0: Yeah. Everyone Kodos. keeps. He's the poorer brother of Kang. Yeah. You know, <laughs> Kang gets into. Kodos. Kang gets into everything. <laughs> Kang even got into uh, Simpsons wrestling. Something we should talk yeah. about here, because I I wasn't a great Simpsons wrestler. Yeah, but okay. Kang was always in, and Kodos has forgotten. So you know.
1: <laughs> yeah, he was a um, of course, he only featured in the final episode, and he didn't stop talking for about thirty minutes, I reckon.
0: And I found him both interesting and very much a TV actor. So I'm keen to yeah. see how he goes in the movies because I don't want to underrate him. I don't want. I wouldn't give him a chance because you're still good. But you know when you're just yeah when you're watching a character try to. Uh, like a trying to suddenly be really quirky. Oh, sorry, an actor mm. trying to be really quirky, and you can clearly see them trying to get, a, trying to show you in in a short period of time what their character is like, trying to make it their own, and you sort of go, yeah. oh, stop trying so hard. It was yeah. a little bit like that, but I can see how it will be good in movies.
1: Oh, well, I'm excited to see how he uh, plays the character in a different with a different personality, because assumedly each version of Kang is going to be sort of different. Mm. Like there'll probably be even kangs that are good guys. Yeah, you're right. It'll be so. I um, mean, so he'll he'll probably he's going to need to be an actor that can play a variety of roles. Yeah, mm. uh, you know, be very versatile. So hopefully he's got it cut for him. Mm. He's got it cut for him. Mm. Is that a sentence? Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, nah, he was fine. I think it's quite a hot take, uh, especially from reading online. That most people loved loved him and loved that episode. Yeah, they did. It's probably it's probably quite a hot take from us or me to say that I thought that he uh, was quite boring to listen to. Mm. But I think you know the resulting uh, the uh, what happens at the end uh, with the you know uh, Sylvie and Loki sort of fighting and the multiverse splitting and all that. You know that's only gonna help uh, the MCU. Go uh, keep moving forward in crazy and fun new directions. So mm. it's it's all good with me.
0: Yeah, it is worth the payload at the end. I think watching through the whole series as well, listening to how Kang, uh, and again we won't go into it because it's too complex. But if you mm. were listening to Kang explain what uh, basically what's going to happen, if based on what choice Loki and Sylvie make in that meeting with him, is really yeah. really interesting. And it triggers, yeah. yeah. like I said, it triggers basically this next multiverse phase. Uh, so, anything to do with the timeline because it, it probably will... There are obviously a few holes here that we haven't touched on that would make a lot of sense as to you know how we know that it's Kang and all this sort of stuff. Uh, definitely watch the show because it... it, it oh, for sure. Because I think timeline... Timeline jumping movies are always very interesting, but they really hurt your brain. (laughs) Like They're a real struggle. So, (laughs) the fact that this is at least in six parts and it's spread out a bit makes it a bit bit less intense. But as you said, there's a lot of exposition uh, that can sort of be a bit of a dump, like a bit of an info dump. But
1: Mm. I think they do pretty well for the most part. I think the What If uh, animated series that starts next week that uh, shows off a lot of different uh, multiverse timelines, I think... I think it might actually help explain the timelines a lot. I think like on the surface, it looks like it's just going to be a sort of fun romp of different characters, different roles, but I reckon there's going to be a bit more deeper story behind it in some way. So, I'm looking forward to seeing that.
0: Yeah, I, I think it'll be very interesting. and I think it'll get us all well and truly trained up for the multiverse saga.
1: Yeah, for sure. But yeah, anyway, uh, look, I, I did enjoy Loki. Uh, yeah. All the th- sort of things I just mentioned that I wasn't uh, that aesthetic about. I, I want to, I just want to say that uh, it doesn't make me hate the show or anything like that. I mm. still really enjoyed the show, even if I it's probably my least favorite of the three uh, Disney Plus shows so far. Yeah, mm. yeah, I, I, I don't know. I, I love Thor more still. I think
0: Loki's a great lead. He's good, proven that he mm. can be a good lead, and Tommy Hiddleston's m- more than uh, more than proven that he can be, and we already knew he could be uh but yeah i think it's i think you're sort of lacking the thor factor this story
1: yeah well uh it's actually uh nice the that loki we got more loki mm. because he did mm. obviously he w- was dead in infinity war so the fact that we got more loki on screen with tom hiddleston is a bonus so For sure that's that yep anyway we did watch another marvel product uh, a couple of weeks ago with the movies called black widow mm uh, which was quite good. Yeah, I thought it was quite good. Quite yeah. good. Um, quite
0: funny. A lot of comedy was spot on. They sort of surprisingly funny. A few times you sort of think, Oh, don't try another joke. You know, it might be yeah. it might get a bit corny, but it was always pretty good. uh Uh, uh but I, I think it was because uh, it's obviously obviously in action. It's more of the traditional fighting style. Uh but there's not quite enough, I think, to make it a Great action movie as such. It's more about conspiracy mm. if anything. More of a more of a spy thriller, sort of like a yep. Marvel version of the the Bourne movies, for example. Uh, yeah. But I think it's it's totally just fan service though, rather than a required movie, uh, which is fine. Uh, yeah, pretty much. It's fine, but I won't have me watching time and time again uh, because you can see that no. it was sort of like a you know a bit of a oh we should probably do this and give our our strongest female character, her own movie now, because otherwise we'll be seen as outdated and not putting the right effort in, and which is fine. I, I, there's Marvel can make as many movies about as many characters as they damn well please. Yeah, uh, I don't want them to be totally caught up in the MCU style of things. You know, if there's a character who technically died 50 years ago, but they want to make a movie about, go ahead and do it you know mm. it's good to have it removed from the MCU cuz and that, and that's what that was almost a strength of this is that it happened in between I think Civil War and Avengers Infinity War yeah uh, yeah it did so it sort of it didn't actually affect the plot lines of Avengers going forward uh so it was just sort of one of those movies you can deal with in isolation without worrying about how and why it affected the greater MCU which is good
1: yeah yeah, I think it's safe to say uh, that, yeah, it, it won't be one of those movies that we'll come back and watch uh, every now and then for fun, like hmm. we potentially watch like Guardians of the Galaxy or yeah. or something like that. Like we're not just going to chuck it on like, oh, I want to watch a movie, let's watch Black Widow. Like it's not going to happen. No, no. But uh, the movie itself, yeah, it was fine. I think the fact that the post credit scene pushed the MCU forward a little bit, like to tie into the back into the TV shows really uh, pleased me. Mm-hmm uh and it also like that even jumped all the way up to the uh current time frame as well yeah it it uh, they they still so, they still
0: found a way for it to
1: fit and be relevant yeah yeah but no, the the characters were f- the f- were fine i think yeah you say it was it was funny i think it got progressively funnier as it went on actually for me i think some of the jokes early on in the movie didn't really land very well for me and i was just like yeah okay and then as it went on uh I don't know, the, like Alexei, the sort of father figure for Natasha and Yelena, kind of, uh, I don't know, he got more sort of silly as he went on and I just had mm. no uh, reason not to laugh and it just sort of made me made me giggle at least, well, some of the things he said.
0: Yeah, well, if I can say that you're, oh, I guess you're, you're you're someone especially with trailers. I know that you really hate it when they have a really serious trailer and the, the, the very last snippet is, oh. is, a, is a gag oh, and it ruins it. it. So, <laughs> I, think with, I think with someone like Alexei, who is Red, Red Guardian, who's basically meant to, he's the Soviet Union's version of Captain America, mm. but he has been now because it's like 30 years past, the Soviet Union collapsing and everything like that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but I think early on you're sort of worried because he seemed like a real serious character and like I thought he was going to be mm. a massive villain. Throughout the movie, I thought he was going to be the villain somehow. Uh, yeah. Because he's, he's basically Natasha, who's Black Widow, and her sister Yelena, adoptive sister, because they're actually yep. child assassins, it turns out already, or in training. They were actually basically as part of a sleeper family of, of Russians in America. They mm. were basically pretending to be Americans. Um, So Alexei or the Red Guardian was actually Natasha's adopted fake American father because <laughs> he's Russian. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but I think because of that, it seemed really serious early. Like, the, that's the the movie, you know, starts off with them escaping the American government and he's mm. shooting off shooting at them while they're trying to fly off in a plane uh, with their mum, yeah, he's played he, by Rachel he's, Weiss.
1: Please. He's literally proning on the top of a, the wing yeah, of yeah. the plane, yeah. shooting back at a <laughs> yeah. at a car. Yeah, he is. Like, it's in, okay. So, yeah, it's really
0: intense. Uh, and so... Talking about uh, you know the comedy at the start being a bit not as strong, I think it's because like me, I was expecting to be really serious, and so when they're putting these gags and you think, oh, they're ruining your serious character, what are they doing? But then they doubled mm. down on it from then on, and you start to realize, oh no, he's actually a comedic character, and it, yeah. becomes, it becomes okay. It's just sort of they started him a bit, uh, and yeah, it was a bit ambiguous as to where which way he was going to mm. go. So I think once yeah. we once we accepted he was a uh, the comedic character comedy relief. your life <laughs> it was so much better <laughs>
1: yeah yeah some of the things he said uh towards the end of the film when they were sort of near the uh, in the red room uh, up in the sky this building flying floating building thing uh did make us laugh quite a lot he meant he was trying to speak through an earpiece to to <laughs> natasha and he wasn't even wearing one and <laughs> yeah. all this stuff yeah which was quite funny uh, he, was a, uh, he was a
0: total buffoon because he's and because he's still sort of caught up in his own ego and aura from when he was in his at his peak 30 years ago. And yeah. he's been in prison that whole time. So, he's come out and he thinks he's up with the gadgets and he has no idea what's going on.
1: Yeah. So <laughs> he tries to uh, try on his suit at one point in a house and he just squeezes it on. And he looks ridiculous <laughs> and the, the like, uh, wife character is, uh, you know, Getting all rowdy about it—it's quite funny. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it is.
0: It, it is. Uh, it, it is funny, and I think it. Um, I think generally the plot of the movie as well. I, I think it meandered along without ever reaching any real heights, mm. except for literally reaching the, the sky high at the end. Obviously, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> or they reached the base. Uh, mm. So I think, I think the comedy. Thank God for the comedy. I think it would have been really, it might have been quite boring actually without the comedy.
1: Uh yeah, probably. Mm. Because it's yeah, sort it, of it would have been. <laughs> yeah,
0: because I think it, I think if it was really almost adult, aimed at adults, like a born movie, and they could really decide to go thick with the conspiracy and all the spy stuff, because it's all about the Russian spy service, which is the I think the Red Room, Red Room who abduct girls from an early age. Uh, and train up to be these assassins like mm. like uh, Black Widow or Black Widows, as they're called. So, I think if they w- yeah. tried to make this as a real, a real, mm, uh, I guess, mind game almost, we had to keep track of everything. It would have been really good. But it just sort of goes that sort of in between being for kids and for adults that they can't really make it as intellectual as they could have, which would have made it maybe a great movie.
1: Yeah. if If they went all in on the... Um, sort of spy espionage Mm. action thriller, Mm. Uh, it would have- I have no doubt they would have nailed it, Mm. but yeah, because they sort of went- they sort of dipped their toes in two different avenues, the movie doesn't- uh, it doesn't come across as well as it could have, I suppose, Mm. because it's a bit confusing because some points it's really dark and at other points it's quite uh, funny and happy, so it's- uh, you don't really know where to sit or how to feel about it the whole way through.
0: Hmm. Well, yeah. It was. Uh, sorry, I was just going to say that it, it does get quite in talking about it getting dark. It does get quite violent at points. Uh, you yeah, know, where even it does you know, Natasha breaks her own nose at one point. Someone falls off a building and has a broken leg, and they're just laying there limp. Yep. Uh, yeah. Uh, and the 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 uh, main villain, or the, probably the second villain, uh, the Taskmaster, is has yeah really dark and twisted. Actually.
1: Yeah. Uh, Super. So well. Wh- I think one thing the movie does do right is the action. Some of the fight scenes between Natasha and and the Taskmaster are epic. They are, cool, in my opinion, yeah, yeah. So good. Like and uh in particular the at the very end of the film when they destroy uh the red room, uh the floating base, the uh Natasha dives after I think Yelena who's falling. Mm through the sky and Taskmaster sprints off the edge after Natasha and they sort of half have a fist fight in the air before they even get to the ground and mm. there's this one moment where Taskmaster lands on a f- sort of falling platform and has like a hook and starts skidding down it Spider-Man in the sky. Almost. And yeah, and it looked so cool. It was easily the coolest shot in the whole movie. Mm. It looked epic.
0: Yeah, yeah, it did look cool. And Taskmaster, for background background's sake, Basically, can analyze its opponents. Their opponents are, I suppose, what is it? Fighting style as they're fighting, so they yeah, can, like so, move set. Yeah, so it can predict the moves of yeah, uh, of, of yeah, its opponent. Uh, so I would have liked that to see that developed a little bit more. You know, like uh, so in the final part to see, say, Natasha have to predict what she's going to do and then change it. Yeah, based on what Taskmaster's doing, things like that. Uh, and uh, but yeah, I wish there was more action. I think I might hear it. You, you, you seem to think there was like plenty of action.
1: Oh, there was a fair bit of action. I just want to say with Taskmaster, the fun bit about her fighting style was that uh, she mimicked all of the Avengers at different points. Mm, yeah, that's, that's what true. like that's what they sort of said early on and she mimicked um, Captain America's fighting style and Hawkeye and all the stuff. I just thought that was that was quite cool. So like mm. Natasha was almost fighting her contemporaries the whole time mm. in a way. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, no, yeah like she that. even threw a she even like threw a, a like obviously it wasn't a shield but it was a sort of same shape as like cap shield. She even flinged yes, one yeah. of them at Natasha one time and it was like, "Damn, look at that." Mm. Mm. Yeah. So cool. Now the action was, was good. Cool, yeah. The action was good. I love the I'm scene in the prison where they got Alexia out and this the avalanche was coming. And they were fighting off cool. a lot of guys and, and the helicopter down. And that was a really good scene.
0: Mm. Well, am I being too greedy and wanting more action from Black Widow? Because I just feel- I don't know. When I came out of it, I thought there wasn't actually that many fight scenes with her.
1: Mm. Um, Maybe they will short-lived. Uh, no, Maybe quick short I don't think so. I don't, I don't think you're being greedy. Mm. It's okay to want things. I wish yeah. there was less exposition in Loki. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but, I think, but, but I, think, and I think you're a dick because of that. <laughs> Some people that listen to this probably will <laughs> think that, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I think, there's. yeah, it's okay to want more action. Some people probably wanted more comedy. I don't know. It was just a decent movie overall mm. that I'm glad happened and I really, and I'm glad that it happened in the timeline that it did I yeah. think it was a cool cool place to put that film.
0: Mm. Well and we also and we also get a couple of good uh, new characters as well. Uh one, so we get Yelena who is um Natasha's basically adoptive sister. They're not biological, but they grew up together based yep. on this fake family they had in America. Mm-hmm. Uh and that's a that's a strong theme throughout the movie as well, uh about them all trying to understand if they ever had family. Yeah, if they ever have any genuine memories to hang on to, because Elena really wants, yeah. really wants Natasha to openly tell her that that family, those that fam, those family moments that they had when they were kids, she actually cherished. Because Natasha's yep. res- hesitant at the start; you can see that she doesn't want to show any weakness or anything. She's saying, "Yeah, that wasn't a real family. It's not real. It's not real." But you can see deep down, Natasha really wanted it to be real as well.
1: Uh-huh. Yeah. So when
0: they do get reunited with Alexi and Melina, who uh, who is also a Red Widow, uh, Black Widow. It turns out, uh, they all are sort of grasping for a bit of belonging with each other, but not yeah. quite sure how to do it. And it's really sweet. I, I think it's a, a, a really, oh, I guess, huge development moment for Black Widow and understanding her past. Um, they don't. Mm. I don't think they go into. I think it's in Avengers. Age of Ultron, where they sort of have flashbacks of Black Widow and she's through the real dark, almost like yeah. ballet style. You know, yeah, it's when, uh, and-
1: it's when Wanda's twisting her
0: mind. Mm. and I, yeah. yeah, so we don't see anything that dark of her past again. No. Which I thought was a bit lacking. It would have been good to really sort of twist the knife in a way to sort of for us to feel like how much she actually needs this family. Uh, yeah. But oh, so I thought they were that family dynamic was really important and really good.
1: Yeah, it was. It was just nice to see Natasha uh, find so, find something real that made her happy, I guess. Mm. Because
0: we don't really like pointless accomplices where they just, you know, we get a hero and they just whack a damsel in distress onto them just for the sake of having mm. a character because they usually suck. Uh, yeah. But having Yelena work with Natasha, she was almost a... Very close to a co-protagonist. She she stole the show in a lot of ways.
1: Yeah. Yeah, she did. Well, I think that was on purpose too because if we can just quickly speak on the post credit scene, Yelena uh, is visiting Natasha's grave. Uh, Spoiler alert, Natasha's died in Endgame. So, the time has moved forward to there. And uh, yeah, she's visiting her grave and- uh, a lady walks up to her. I I I, I can't remember her name now. I, I was talking about it at work last week, but I forget what her name is. Uh, she's played by Julia Louis, Louis Dreyfus, Dreyfus yeah. uh, who's like Elaine from Seinfeld, and uh, she also featured in the Falcon and Winter Soldier. And she sort of is the agent for uh, the U.S. agent who was the new Captain America, mm. and she shows Yelena a picture of Hawkeye. Clint Barton, on a, like an iPad, on a tablet to her and says that th- he is the reason that Natasha died. Mm. Uh, so, it, it makes sense that Yelena was such a big part of the film because it was almost a passing the torch moment of, you know, you're sort of the new widow character and now here we go with the Hawkeye show. Like, there's obviously no doubt she's going to feature in it now. Mm. Well, uh, and and her character
0: name is uh, Valentina Allegra de Fontaine. Aha! Uh-huh. Uh, of course. Of, yeah. why, why couldn't I remember that? <laughs> <laughs> it rolls off the tongue. Uh, the yeah. um, well, I actually love that Jer- uh, like the Jeremy Renner's coming back as Clint Barton again, Hawkeye. Because hmm. yep. everyone remember how much like early on we're talking probably back end of Phase One into Phase Two, everyone yep. was so almost annoyed about how much Hawkeye was in there and how useless he was, and he came back in Endgame as being really dark and. Violent as this vigilante character, uh, but, yeah. But I, I've always liked him. I've always just seen him as as useful as Black Widow and everything.
1: And everyone just finds him really lame. I reckon he's great. Uh, there's no reason to dislike him. It's just that he's, uh, w- yeah. I think with Avengers, uh, the first film, he just f- he just looked not as cool as the others. Like, yeah. cause he just yeah. doesn't he doesn't have any sort of special powers except for very good aim because mm. <laughs> <laughs> like even uh you know even in event if you go back and watch avengers you know you got black widow down on the ground you know kicking ass for a bunch of the uh monsters and and things like that and you can visually see her you know flipping around doing kicks and stuff and then they have like a sort of two to three second uh uh cut to hawkeye and he's just like up on the corner of a boon it's going Beow! <laughs> but it's like it's, it's, you don't you're not visually seeing him do anything. There's no payoff to anything he does. Like you literally just see him shoot arrows into the distance. Like it doesn't mean anything. Hey, every group needs a Mick Foley. <laughs> he's more no, he no, Mick Foley is more than that, okay. <laughs> <laughs> he's the Mick workman. Foley who, is more he's the that. workman who puts everyone over. Makes them look better. Yeah, I suppose that's a fair <laughs> comment. <laughs> uh, no, I'm glad um Jeremy Renner's Gonna play him again in the show. I think it's gonna be cool. I'm excited for it. Hmm. I think that comes out this year, actually, at the end of the year. What show? Hawkeye, the
0: show. Oh, there's a Hawkeye show. So I, I didn't realize. This no, that's new what I'm me. saying.
1: Like that's why the <laughs> post credit scene for Black Widow is important because it'll lead into the show.
0: Mm-hmm. I get you. So
1: fun. That it's fun that they're like using the that post credit scene to to push back to Disney Plus. So they're going to go back and forth. It's it's very cool dynamic they've got now.
0: Hmm. it is good. I I hope that uh I do hope that the movies can stand alone though. I don't want them to I want them to be I don't want to be reliant on the shows. I'd love for it all to be tied in, well, and complement hmm. each other really well. Uh but you know, we're talking about uh the Loki show. Uh and how that the end of that is a catalyst for the multiverse. I don't yep. want anyone who can't afford to have a Disney subscription to uh and watch it to miss this entire Part. Like I want when when the multiverse saga starts in the movies, I want people just to just be able to understand from the start, uh, you know where this, how this was triggered. I don't want them to have to go. Mm. Oh wait, no. Before I see this movie, I'll go watch this. Get paid for a subscription. Go get this six episodes and all that. Which you do have to pay for a movie, of course. But you know, I just I just hope it's not.
1: Totally, it's right a good on. point actually. And uh, I did see a uh, someone sort of put an article on Twitter the other day. I didn't read it, but the headline was. You know, is it too is it too far gone now to like find a solid entry point into the MCU for people that have never seen it except watching him from the start? But that's such a big undertaking now. Mm. Like, if you're not in by now, it's it, it's very hard to get in. You yeah. have to commit so much time to catch up. Uh, I so think, I think if- you'd, get
0: the, you'd get the gist anyway. If you really loved it, you'd watch it from the start anyway. But, but-
1: yeah, and that first, oh, that first, sure, but- and that
0: first phase is very foundational. There's nothing vital in there.
1: No, for, not for really. the sake
0: of the, uh, the you know, underlying plots.
1: Yeah. Well, it's been nice to chat about these two. Hmm. Nice to chat about them. I think we'll be, we'll be probably uh, just come back every sort of two. MCU events and have a little chat about it like group them together mm. and the next two coming are you know the What If Animated Show and then I think Shang-Chi and the Ten Rings mm. is in cinemas is it Ten Rings or Seven Rings I always forget uh, I think it's, it's Ten.
0: Ten, yeah I think yeah. It, uh, and they're two completely new
1: concepts to us so I can't wait yeah so I think we'll be back to talk about those for sure mm. but overall Black Widow we liked it Loki we liked it Have a look. It was fun. Yeah. Yeah. We love the MCU. That's all that matters. That's all that matters. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, thanks for joining us, guys. Thanks for the chat, Will. It's great. Yes. Thank you as always. Have a good day, everybody. Goodbye.